Hello everyone. Welcome once again to this amazing um, privilege that we have to gather together and just enjoy uh, somewhat of a one-sided conversation. I don't know how much you enjoy it, but um, I... Um, I am just really thankful that in the midst of this COVID um, shelter in place, or it's called different things by a lot of different people, that God has allowed all of us to remain well and whole, which we had no doubt of that, um, and that there uh, is blessing and some expansion of um, of the things that we're able to offer to to keep us all connected as saints, and um, I'm I'm very grateful for that. So this program was probably the first attempt to accomplish that type of thing, and uh, I don't know how many years we've been doing it now, but. Um, I do recognize that even though we don't have that large of a percentage of the Saints Network who actually listen, those of you who do, it's, it's, it's a very special time for for us here, and um, we just really enjoy knowing that you are connected with us, excuse me, and we with you. Um. I remember a number of years ago, I don't remember how many years ago it was, you know, we we tried to ask during a seminar some of the things that people enjoyed about the website and uh, what what offerings uh is as the way of ministry or programming were um were most effective. I don't want to say popular, but most effective. And we laughed a lot about the fact that you either like this broadcast, this particular one, or you don't. And some of the comments that were offered were were rather funny to me because you know, it's kind of like saying, you know, I don't like salsa because there's too many tomatoes in it. <laughs> that's, the, that's what salsa is, whether it's green or, or red maters. So when we say, you know, we're going to have a program that's more conversational and it's just us sitting around to the table, it's what we're doing at lunchtime and um, just talking about things. I mean, you're, you have a plethora of teachings and now with what is being offered on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you also have small vignettes uh, of uh devotionals that are being brought forth by people that many of them are not really in the public eye in the way of ministry as far as you know actual teaching or whatever but they're they're solid folks and they love the lord and they're they're deep in the things of the word and so you know we're we're offering a lot of different things but this program was more just a kind of a a discussion and it, it just kind of stunned me that and I, I initially was stunned but then I kind of made a joke of it and I, I you know Monica and I would talk about this being a chit chat time you know and um, so uh, if you don't like chit chat this program is not for you now today Monica is not here she is she is uh, not feeling well with a respiratory scenario. Uh, it is the doctor does not feel that it is COVID related. The symptoms that would associate themselves with being COVID are not evident in her, and we are believing that this is just something that's regrettable and that the Lord's going to lift. But it's not COVID. So I just want you to join with me in prayer, and and if you would continue to pray throughout this week. Uh, and, well, throughout this day, we're believing God's lifting this thing quickly. 
But we declare over Monica's body that she is well and whole. We rebuke this this illness that's come against her, and we speak into her lungs the freedom to breathe, and that every measure of congestion would dissipate and go. And whatever vulnerabilities there may have been in her body leading up to this time, we ask, Father, that those even those vulnerabilities would become strengths now. And we rebuke every measure of illness and sickness in the name of Jesus, and we speak restoration and vitality in the name of our Lord. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So please continue to pray for her and be in agreement with that. And I know that the Lord is with her and that while we don't really understand why this has happened now, uh, we stand against it. And we believe that not only her, but all of the saints are going to emerge from whatever kind of nonsense has come against them uh, stronger because of the overcoming. So, I'm not sure what kind of chit-chat we'll do here today without her being here. And I don't know which of us provides the chit and which the chat. And of course, the the phonics of that, I sat here and wrote down all kinds of different phrases that I could say that would, to me, be funny. But I'm sure that some soul that doesn't really get what we do here would become offended by that. So I'll just try not to not to be one-sided. If I'm going to chit, I'll bring some chat. I certainly don't want this program to be too full of, well, I won't say it. A lot of phrases, I would say. If you want to know them, I'm sure Pastor Larry can regale you of some of the funny ones, but um, any, any, uh, any person with any sense would would be able to laugh at that. But I, I I learned a long time ago that not everybody has a real sense of humor. They don't appreciate twists of words. And, um, you know, there was a guy here once, many, many years ago, and he would quote this scripture totally out of context that would say, don't let any uh, unwise communication proceed out of your mouth and he would then add his definition to what unwise was it's like decently in an order well everybody's got a different opinion of what decent and an order is and um, if you try to use the scripture to enforce your morality or your viewpoints or your idiosyncratic perceptions uh, into somebody else, you're you're misusing the scripture. But this guy was was fine as long as he <laughs> he was telling jokes or whatever. But if anybody else told a joke, and uh, you know for whatever reason he'd quote that scripture. So um, I don't in any way consider having a wonderful time with being. Um, an impure communication coming out of your mouth. You know, it's just so funny because when I was growing up, you know, I wasn't allowed to play cards at all because people would gamble. And I guess the threat was that somehow I would become a card shark and lose my rent every month. So no cards. We weren't initially allowed to go where people engaged in bowling. Um, and playing pool or billiards was also something that was not good until, you know, things at television. Man, oh man, you didn't have that one eyed devil in your house. And, um, you know, all these things and many more were things that people for a, I guess, for a good purpose um, would try to restrict things. But 
all that did for me was create a lot of questions about, well, you know, how am I allowed to play the with these cards, but I'm not allowed to play with these cards? How can I play Rook or Uno, but I can't play with this card that has a picture of a king on it? How, how can I not do that? And, you know, the funny thing was is that the church didn't really say that much against tarot cards or things that were used in wickedness. I guess they just thought that their people would be smart enough not to engage in that. Now, that's something you want to stay away from because it is a doorway into the demonic and it welcomes familiar spirits to come and bring prognostications and really control in your life and the people who would receive it. But, you know, when you when you just make everything wrong and you don't provide the backdrop of explanation, what it does is creates probably more damaging uh, scenarios within the minds of young people. And then they learn how to be really tricky. And then they really dispel the, the, the notion of holiness because they feel that it's restrictive without cause. And somehow, though, uh, since, you know, so many things were considered sin, uh, it did keep me from a lot of things that I shouldn't do, like smoking or going out and getting drunk. Uh, it kept me from that. And it, it kept me from doing a lot of things that were dangerous. But, you know, I don't know why I'm on this trail. But, you know, the thing is, is that I say this again. We as Christians have to have a sense of humor. And some people are humor challenged. I recognize that. They just don't get jokes. They don't think. And it's funny to me to hear some of those folks who love the Lord they'll sometimes say things that's tantamount to putting a kick-me sign on their back. And I think, you can't say that. What you just said is going to be deemed as hilarious by somebody, and you're just showing because you don't think that that even happens. You're, you're making yourself vulnerable to people that are just going to roll all over you. And I won't give any illustrations of that, but it's it's kind of funny over the years um, as pastor. And then I try to subtly, in some cases, subtly try to correct the verbiage so that the people don't make themselves a mockery. Some people who were just know-it-alls, it just became funny. <laughs> I think, man, you just go ahead and keep pushing that and everybody's going to laugh. And you're not even going to know why they're laughing. You just go on ahead. You just keep on going. Uh, you know, just keep casting uh, dispersions. <laughs> that was one of them. Anyway, um, I wanted to um, share with you about some things that are happening um, in the in 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 that I'm perceiving in the spirit realm, and. Um, I know that all of you who are praying, you're also grasping some amazing things that are happening right now in the timetable of the Lord. And, you know, it's kind of like whenever God turns a page in his timetable, and listen to me, a big page has been being turned. And I've been thinking back to all the times God would tell us over the past couple of years that we're in the middle of a transition. Uh, it's a shaking. And some people that weren't really rooted or were leaning on something other than the foundation God gave have shaken and fallen away. That's regrettable. But a big page in the timetable of the Lord has been turned recently. And what it has done when that Kronos engagement happened, all of these Kairos, uh, uh, Kairos moments and uh, Kairos 
um, uh, ramifications have been been being felt. So whenever you have some amazing thing that happens in that type of way, then you have an immediate bum's rush, as it were, to position. And um, the enemy is trying to take advantage. He's trying to assess. He's trying to plan and put things in motion. And um, God is wanting to speak to his people about what they need to be doing. And we need to be wise and circumspect whenever there is a major shift in the in the timetable of God. And that's what's been happening. And you can look around and you can see things. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial, but you can see things that are being positioned in this moment to set the stage for... Um, for what is coming in future, whether it's Big Brother or whether it's the opportunity to jurisdict what people do and don't do in their private lives, to legislate a uh, an agenda politically or uh, spiritually and force people into a loss of their liberties, um, whether it's the financial market being absolutely shaken and where people don't have access to funds and they they and we're blessed and i believe that all the saints network folks are blessed but there are a lot of folks who aren't and there are things that the enemy is carefully watching and trying to position as footholds for what's for what's going to come next um and i don't know when it's going to come but we've seen this slide happening a couple of years ago, three years ago. We were saying, look at the venom and the animosity that is being lodged against Christians. That's that, you know, it may not be boiling over right now, but it's the, the pot's still at boiling temperature. It's not going to take much to boil over. And you see, um, you see again Christians being mocked and and um, ridiculed, and you know how do we get the people not to meet? We just threaten them with a virus, and then if you if you don't just buy into everything the government says, then you're not a good citizen, and you don't love, and you're this and you're that. Now we've been able to function right. Uh, and properly, I regret that our congregation is not able to come and meet. But you know, we're staying in contact, and and we love them. You know, we uh, we initiated something on Sunday that's going on right now every day between now and the end of May. We're lifting up from our congregation um, every day. We're lifting up either a family in our church or individuals in our church in prayer and we're blessing and declaring the blood over them and we're also mixing in during that time frame uh, our national government and the president and the vice president and we're asking also for prayer for governor abbott here in texas and for the county officials oh god they need a lot of prayer and we're also praying for the network pastors in our nation and and in uh in the other nations where we have network pastors that are on board. Why don't we do something like that for the network? Well, you can do that for yourself. I'm not I'm not going to do that for you. It's just too much management. And we have individual churches. You can do that. You can pray. And if, if you're out there and you're not part of a church, well, why don't you just begin to pray and bless? Uh, well, if you... And let me say this, if you are part of a church that's not part of a network, you pray and you pray for your pastor. Let him know you're praying for you. Let her know you're praying for them. And um, if you consider this your church affiliation, you know, we're, we're praying for you. Um, if we don't know that, let us know. and We'll add you to the list. But if you're part of somebody else's church, you mobilize that. And if you're if you're a pastor, it's up to you. We don't try to tell anybody what to do. I'm just telling you this is what we're doing for our congregation, and it's a great blessing. So every day, they 
they hear from me. This is who we're praying for today. Uh, we're, I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you not to do this. And um, it's so far, it's been going on now for a couple of days, and it's just a great, it's a great blessing. But we're reaching out to our congregation. We're trying to find new ways to, to bring encouraging words to other folks. So this has been a good time in certain ways, but we're not ignorant of the fact that the enemy is just moving. He's mobilizing, and we need to be wise. Things are not going to be the same as they were. Now, we're believing this is setting the stage where sin abounds, God's grace much more abounds, and God's moving in people uh, who are sequestered or who maybe have been cut off from uh, their, um, their normal social circles. And maybe this fear that seems to be prevalent in the nations is causing people to evaluate their lives and um, maybe maybe God's using it in individuals as a wake-up call. We're praying for that. So we need to be we need to be active. I think we don't necessarily need to become um, radicals. Um, the one thing that I appreciate about this shelter in place is, you know, you don't see uh, Antifa doing much. <laughs> Everybody's wearing masks, so their foolish masks don't really carry the clout it once did. Another thing is we haven't had any witches doing anything to our property since this has been happening. I guess they must all be afraid that they're going to keel over and croak and go to hell. I don't know. Um, uh, so I'm grateful for that. It's wonderful for me to be able to walk through this facility and commune with the Lord and to make declaration over the touch points that he's given. And it's, it's, there, there are ways to, to enjoy in the midst of challenging moments the goodness of God. So I encourage you to do that. But, you know, I wanted to talk to you about um, the message from this past Sunday and what happened last Wednesday night when we had the, the big Zoom meeting. And since I'm just chitting around here, I've got plenty of time. Not that I don't do that anyway when Monica's here. She she basically just lets me say whatever I want. So I'm not saying since she's not here, I, I, I can do this. I'm just saying that I'm filling time, but with specific agendas. Um, you know... The passages that we looked at on Sunday regarding Kairos in the end time, you know, particularly Mark 13 and Luke 21, where Jesus tells the people to, in the times of the end, to be um, devoted to his logos, to his word, that will never pass away. I really have been troubled, but really have been alarmed now at this measure of removing the prophecies of this book, which Revelation warns us against, and disputing the Logos. I'd rather fall on the side of, of honoring what the Logos is than to take the chance of saying that part of the Logos isn't right and discarding it. Boy, I don't want to fall into that crosshairs of the Most High. He, he cherishes His Word. It will never pass away. And in both Mark 13 and Luke 21, which are basically parallel passages, that's the beginning. It warns people not to become then overwhelmed by the things that are going on in the world. But it tells us to be basically intercessors all day, all night. To watch means to not go to sleep and to be be aware and alert throughout the night. And then it's linked with, in Mark 13, um, prosukomai, and in, Mark in Luke 21, deomai. So both of those are the prayer and supplication words of the New Testament. So Jesus is saying, honor my word, don't give sway to what 
the world is trying to inebriate you with and remain constantly in that partnership of supplication before me where you're hearing what I'm saying and proclaiming it. Be alert and ready to pray at any hour of the day as the Spirit leads. And to pray always is to pray kairos. Um, to know not when the kairos is 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 um, is really a, a watchword to say as the kairos is pro- progressing it's it it is something that often just unfolds and just like any other kind of interpretive strata you you get a piece here you get a piece here you get a piece here and pretty soon you gain a perspective I'm learning that in this time frame. There's, you got a lot of time. I mean, stay busy, yes. But the pressure of a schedule is not really upon me. I mean, if everybody's sheltered in place, you know, I'm doing, <laughs> doing more work now than I have and, and, and during the day. I mean, there are things that I have to do that normally were not what I would do. Uh, and, you know, things that have to be done here in the church, keeping the property, getting the mail. You know, Ruby is here, but, you know, I know we're trying to honor um, what the judge says. We don't want to be appearing that we're open. And, yeah, just for all of you, you know, we we love Ruby, and we're, we're paying everybody. We're not taking away pay, just... You know, just so I don't want anybody to start worrying about that. It's not happening. But, you know, it's just always something to do. But I don't I don't want to miss um, hearing from God. And so there are things that God is saying about this time frame that are gradually being revealed. So the Kairos is... Uh, something that you don't know fully, but you recognize that it's there. And the Deomai is going to align itself with the Kairos. You pray always, Deomai Kairos. And so you've got to remember that your supplication and partnership before God is crucial. I think it's interesting that for the past two and a half years, God has been driving that theme over and over again. Prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication. Because you have to be in that mode to function in the Kairos. And God's turned the page. Now there's a Kairos moment. And it is it is a big one. It is setting the stage for what God is going to do in the season that's coming. You know, and we also said on Sunday that uh, strong meat is is what sustains and nourishes you during Kairos moments. And for those who are faithful in the household, a faithful and wise servant, according to Matthew 24, verse 45, you will gain trophy meat in the Kairos. And um, trophy is the strong meat. It's what's referenced in Hebrews 5. You know, instead of being just milk babies, you should be functioning in the oracle and you should be moving in the strong meat of God because, you know, you're a mature age and your senses are exercised to discern good and evil. Um, I, I know, um, I know that we've got to have it. And, you know, when you look in Revelation 12 and you see this connection again, um, where the enemy is in great wrath, and I believe he is there now, knowing that this is a oligos kairos, um, the time is short. He has but a short time. Um, Olagos 
is translated as few, but it really doesn't just mean numerically. It's, again, we taught about this uh, last year sometime, how that when the, the, the church split the East, North, Eastern Orthodox and West, the Russians and the Slavic com- countries developed their Krillic language based upon the New Testament Greek. And uh, that's why when you see Russian writing, it looks a lot like Greek. But their oligarchs uses this term oligos, and it doesn't mean, you know, you're paltry, you're nothing. It means that somebody has risen to the top, and they're in control, whether it's of this oil or um, currencies or land or gambling or whatever it might be. And... um, if you were, God forbid, you were paying too much attention to the, to the, to the, the types of Russian collusion things, but oligarchs were mentioned all the time. That President Trump is in cahoots with oligarchs. Well, it goes from this term, and so the enemy is recognizing that in this Kairos moment there are those that are rising to the top. And they're being used by God in strategic things. God help us to be able to serve him in that kind of way, should he so choose. But the enemy's going to recognize that. And he's going to come and he's going to try to destroy those that are in that scenario. He's going to have great wrath. And then, in you know, it's Revelation 12. You have God delivering the church and... Um, and he's going to nourish them. And he uses this term, trefo, from trophe. It's going to be strength and a benefit from the strong meat. And here's where it really gets interesting. And I'm not about to try to say, okay, I'm going to sell a chart that tells all these things. Because it says for time, times, and half a time. Those are not annuals, annums. Those are kairos. So the enemy is going to come after the people of God and who are being nourished through the strong meat of the Lord for a kairos, a multiple kairoses, and a half of a kairos. Now, what does that mean? I, I, I just think there's a lot of ways that we just need to understand what these scriptures are saying, the, the verbiage, and not go too far with trying to say a five-year plan, but we're going to be participating in Kairos moments, big-time Kairos moments, where in the Kaino, God says, I'm going to do this now. This is an active thing. As, you know, I talked about this a little bit yesterday on Message of the Week, but, you know, you have Logos and Rhema. We understand how the Logos can be there and then a rhema can be something that God ignites and empowers in his word for a, 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 a sliver of a season and you gain strength and direction by that. You know, you have, uh, you have a lot of these twos in scripture. You have, as I said, the Kronos and the Kairos. You have Peretz Peretz. You have the Apocalypsis, and you have the Mysterion. We understand that. So somehow in the grand timetable of the Lord, which Jesus said in Acts 1 before he ascended into heaven, that the, the Kronos and the Kairos is in the Father's power. So we're knowing our Father. He is, he is supervising his overall plan, but he's releasing Kairos moments. Now, you can have Kairos moments in a lot of different ways. They're not restricted to the big timetable of eschatology. You know, we, we often say, okay, this is a Kairos moment. Um, you know, the stirring of the waters by the angel at the Pool of Bethesda. That's a moment. You need to get in on that and know that however that's happening, whether it's a portal opening or whether a, a stelos connection that has not really been fully activated, but God is honoring it between earth and heaven, whatever it may be. You need to move when the timing's there. We understand that. But on the grander scale, there are this Kairos moment is one in which we need to get our head on straight. We need to get we need to 
to recognize what's going on and be sensitive. We need to recognize that this noisome pestilence and this plague that's killing a lot of people is, is we're under the covering of the blood and we need to trust that and we need to recognize that that blood is going to be something by the word of our testimony, the logos of our martyria, how we commit ourselves to that overarching plan of God and by the blood. That's how we're going to overcome the enemy. And whatever the enemy tosses and tries to throw at us, we need to recognize the timetable of God, participate in his kairos. We need to glean the strong meat and not shy away from it. I don't know how babies, I don't know how the church with 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 milkshake diet is is really surviving right now. I'm grateful to have a congregation that's that are meat eaters. And I'm grateful for a network that is functioning in the meat because that's what sustains you in the Kairos moment. That's what's granted to people who are partnering in supplication. And this is this is what it is. So what could the time, times, and half a time be? I think that I think that this season right now is an initiation. We should be learning. This is don't get me wrong here. This is kind of like training. This it's very real. It's 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 results are going to be lasting. We're establishing ourselves, but this is just God unveiling something, and we need to learn and be trained. This is like school. This is like uh, preseason, as it were. We're applying certain principles, and we're learning to trust God in them. We're not ignorant of the things around us. We, we should be hearing from God and drawing near to Him, but recognizing that this Kairos moment in the overarching Kronos, the turning of the big page, it's setting things in motion, and we need to be preparing ourselves in, in staying before the Lord in supplication, praying throughout the night as God directs, um, feasting on the strong meat, because those are the components that help you in Kairos moments. And that's how God is going to be nourishing his church. In Revelation 12 is a down-the-road thing. But I, I, I believe that the next Kairos in the timetable of God, the big one, is the big one, Elizabeth. Um, what was that from? Fred Sanford. Coming home, Elizabeth. Anyway, I did not understand this thing. <laughs> it was Red Fox, Sanford and Son. It was a sitcom in the 70s. This guy owned a junkyard. In fact, his son, Lamont, um, actually came and spoke here many years ago. And I, in our church, he was made an honorary member when I was an associate pastor here. And since he's become really a social advocate and he said some things that are kind of rough. But anyway, back then, he was, he was here. Anyway, um, we need to recognize that the next big Kairos moment is probably going to be... a a massive one. And what lessons we learn and begin to implement now are are going to be essential in that time frame. We need to get we need to be uh, we need to be partnering with God. We need to be learning the prosukomai. We need to guard ourselves that we don't become overwhelmed by the world. We need to treasure his logos. We need to know our father we need to be um, ready to pray at all hours of the day and be faithful to God. God's giving us opportunity here. Um, and, you know, if the church is in the wilderness, you know that word is, was used colloquially to talk about loneliness? If, if one thing is happening right now, you need to become, you need to recognize that the voice of the Lord suffices for you. You know, the enemy will try to use loneliness to despair you. Don't let that happen. There's no reason for you to be lonely. There isn't. Yeah, I know your life has been up, up turned, but some of you were made for that. When I met some of you, you were out there and you loved being alone. 
then life kind of overtook you. God's kind of bringing you back to that point. Enjoy him. The things that you're, you're being bereft of at this moment have not been taken away from you. But grow and be strong. But there's a, there's a big time that's coming. I'm praying that God will cause us. You notice how the church is being mocked, conservatism is being mocked. Uh, and by conservative, I don't mean racist or any of those other things. I mean holding on to what is pure and not compromising. It's being mocked. And there's going to come a time very soon when it's going to become politically um, legal to go after people who believe like you and I believe. And we we need to get strengthened. But well, there's a season right now, and we need to pray that it will be prolonged. The light for the night comes when no one can work. We need to really pray that God will cause us to be able to continue. Um, the enemy's trying to change the times. Um, Daniel talks about those three things. The enemy will try to change the times. The enemy's trying to shorten. He's either trying to prolong wickedness or shorten righteousness. He's trying to shorten the window God has given us, the light, uh, the day. And we need to rebuke that and, and insist in intercession that this open window that God has given will not be changed by the enemy's devices. Second thing Daniel talks about is that the enemy will try to wear out the saints. Listen, I felt that in a way beyond anything I've ever felt. Yeah, in the past I've been frustrated and irritated by the enemy's nonsense and by things that people do and assignments that come against the work. But this is a wearing out in a, in a way that's beyond what we've known. We need to recognize that and don't let it happen. The strong meat will be your nourishment that helps you to overcome that. Don't disparage the strong meat. And the third is, he'll try to stop the power of the saints, the hand, that partnership with God. Don't let that happen. Don't let the enemy take any of those away. Don't let him change the times. Don't let him rob you of that partnership with the hand of the Lord. And don't make yourself susceptible to the suggestions that you should just lay down and quit. Listen, don't do it. So these Kairos moments... Are, are really the times of the end. And the Lord, talk about the wheat and the tares. There's a lot of tares growing up right now. The kairos of the harvest is coming, Matthew 13, 30, when the angels are going to gather those tares out first, put them in bundles and burn them, and he's going to gather the wheat into his barn. I want to be in the barn of the Lord. How's that for Cowboy Church? <laughs> oh my goodness well the time draws near it's at hand seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book for the kairos is at hand we and that wasn't from 2000 years ago john was seeing things real time in the days we're living in the kairos is at hand let us not be deceived we're not going to follow a bunch of nonsense saying they're Christ. We must have the strong meat. We must be in supplication and prayer. We must be ready at all times to pray and to intercede and to call upon the Lord. We need to watch and pray. We need to be those that are following after him. And um, these are all words for us in this moment. And we need, to, we need to recognize them as being words from God. Now, last Wednesday, and we've got, we've got uh, a quarter, 25% of the broadcast left. So last Wednesday, um, we had a Zoom meeting with our network. And I felt the Lord wanted us to do this, and I kept saying it was... It was for us to take a stand or for solidarity or a sign of us being um, undivided and 
that it really was for that. We didn't have an agenda. We didn't have some prayer list or fivefold thing, which there's nothing wrong with that. We do that, but we didn't have it this last time. I just knew we needed to do what we did. Little did I know how the Lord was going to use that because I think it, it was a sign in the spirit realm. But I'm telling you, about 3 o'clock, you know, I did Wednesday Night Live and I was I was moving. I was happy. I mean, I, I was feeling the presence of the Lord. I did that at around noon. And um, then I just stayed at the church to pray and to do some cleaning and to do some stuff that needed to be done. About 3 o'clock, I felt like the enemy himself came. And there were influences that I in 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 the dark realm and I plead the blood over this if somebody's listening to this if you're not part of the network I bless you but just recognize that I'm not some Weisenheimer that is always chasing after phantoms or doing crazy things I I'm more normal than you are um so anyway, I began to feel enemy strategies and enemy influences that I, I do not recall ever feeling. Certain ways that um, my personal life, my personal cognitive abilities and were being pulled upon and drawn upon that I've never I never felt before, and I felt in some ways helpless. And I did everything that I've taught people to do. I have, I prayed. I, I I'm not going to go through the list. You know, I declared the blood. I I did. I proskuneoed. I did everything, and it just was so overwhelming. Um, even thoughts that were in my head. And I thought, how did that get in there? What What is that? And so I know that it was almost like a theatron. And I believe the enemy is coming against the world now in great wrath. I think uh, we've, if you've been paying attention at all over the years, you know that the enemy recognized that he has limited resource and he he recognizes that he has to choose his battles and he recognizes that if he goes all in on certain things there's no replenishment coming in the in the fallen angels their their you know their their resource of anointings that were given to them years uh, millennia ago is not is not um nuclear it doesn't reproduce itself so there are things that the enemy that you read about in the book of Revelation influences enemy influences that are posted out far out in in interplanetary realms and in other dimensions of the spirit there are things that the enemy has held them in reserve and he's got he's got his game plan put and i know some of them are active now and uh, I'm not afraid. If, if, if anything, I was disappointed in myself. I felt like Daniel, who said, I've decided to put an end in the uh, end of this matter. My cogitations greatly trouble me. And, um, you know, I, I felt wearied. And I, I just, you know, again, I didn't, I didn't get on this Zoom thing and say that to anybody. You know, I didn't proclaim, okay, folks, we've got to go into DEFCON 5. Because I knew what God had asked us to do, and we were showing ourselves. And I think it was kind of a, in a way, it, God was doing a lot of things in it. Um, he, he did want us to be in agreement together. 
He wanted solidarity. In some ways, it was like, have you considered my servants, the saints? And the enemy is furious about it. And, um, and I, I think the enemy didn't really know what God was wanting to do. So he tried to mess up the works, which the only thing we were there to do was just to gather together. That was it. And I'm sorry if that disappointed any of you. I don't think it did. But we were just to show up and to stand before the Lord and to express our love for one another and the need to pray. That was it. There wasn't another agenda. But for God, I recognized by mid-morning the next day that that's what God wanted. It may not have seemed like anything to some of you who are used to being special forces or fighters or sword swingers or, you know, wanting to hear the latest stuff so you can toss it. I remember when we were trying to teach fivefold um, in France, one of the things that Luke and Sylvie, who, who are so precious, some of the people would say, you know, we need to have, after we're done praying, we need to have a sense of accomplishment. We need to be able to declare something. And you know as well as I do that God is not in the business of entertaining you. He's about the journey. And so many times fivefold is for the purpose of God sharing his heart. It's not necessarily for you to go out in the street corner and blow the shofar and tear down a few castles. So, but I know that I know that God positioned that kind of like a theatron, but the enemy didn't really know what it was, and so he kind of revealed his hand a little bit. And I'm not trying to probe to. Here's a lesson about the enemy: you don't, you don't go searching to try to discover things about the enemy. You let God direct you, and you let the Spirit direct you. But you've got to be open to it, because the human mind can just shut down, and the still small voice can be trying to whisper something to you, and you're too busy yakking about your own personal issues. Oh, my, you know, here I am, I failed, or nobody's taking me seriously. Oh, it's just me. You know, I can talk all day long. I'm not going to say anything more because a hundred of you have said these things and you're going to think that I'm talking about you. So spare me that. But the thing is that this is for me and for all of you. God is wanting to share with us in this Kairos moment tactics of the enemy. And there are some new critters that have emerged. The enemy was more than happy to bring them. Now, I'm not glorifying them. I'm just saying that, you know, we were exposed and we're being inoculated. God is helping us now. And we he always been helping us. But this Kairos moment is not a time for us to be in despair. It's a time for us to rejoice because we're able to serve our Father in a way that is oligos in this Kairos moment. Will you choose to be that? Part of that is you got to do a whole lot more listening and a whole lot less yakking. And, you know, the more God shares with us, the more we recognize we don't know. And um, that's a good thing because then we're hungering after fellowship with him. And He's going to nourish us with his strong meat during this Kairos season. And we need this. So, and I'm, I'm making declaration into when this, these restrictions are rolled back and, you know, things seem to get back to normal again. I'm praying that God will cause us to hit the ground running and that we will set in motion things that are going to reap a great harvest and will be positioned through this, not decimated, but positioned and will be strengthened. So it's all a matter of what you're willing to partner with God in. But one thing I've learned is that when God's wanting to teach you something, he's not in any hurry. He's not going to, you know, it's line upon line. It's a walk of faith. Um, 
the more you learn, the more you recognize you don't know. The stronger you are in God, the more you recognize that you're nothing without him. And you, you are being given the choice things of the kingdom. Love the Lord and receive them. Um, God is with you. And so, you know, I, I went home after Wednesday night and I was just perplexed. In fact, I'm just being as honest as I can about this because I don't really care what any of you think of me. <laughs> I don't. You know, I, turn on some TV preacher who's got it all put together, who never makes a mistake, who never admits any kind of weaknesses. That's what you want, follow it. But it ain't reality. It's not reality. And, you know, I can talk about my own weaknesses so that you maybe can feel less convicted about yours. And I went home and I was... I wasn't doubting God. None of that happened. I, if anything, I was saying, Father, I, I appreciate the saints. I appreciate us being able to agree. I thank you that people are praying now and are going to be praying. Um, but I'm perplexed by this. Not doubting you. I'm perplexed, but I'm also, I don't want to say humiliated. I, f I felt like a failure. And I don't ever want to feel like a failure before my father. But then again, that, in a way, uh, how do you process that kind of feeling? You can be down on yourself or you can recognize, in myself I'm nothing. When I am weak, then you're made strong. I rejoice in my infirmities because then the power of God is made known to me. That's what Paul the Apostle said. And I believe that's really what was happening. So... But I got home and and I couldn't go to bed earlier early enough. I just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> so I I went in and I laid there and I prayed in the spirit and I it was like I don't know what time it was. It was like nine or so. I I just is in the dark in the dark room and I wanted to go to sleep. I just wanted to get out of it. Well, I slept for about two hours and then I was up for most of the night praying in the spirit. <laughs> It was an agripneo. That's what it was. It was a watching. I'm just telling you, not I, I'm not proud of any of this. I'm not saying, oh, listen to what pastors endured. No, just know that these scriptures are real. They're real. And no matter how big you become in the kingdom, you're still going to be small in the eyes of God. So don't get too big for your britches. And so I finally got up and I came in back here to the church and it wasn't until like mid-morning that I started feeling this oppression lift, the, the residue of this vile enemy that was presented to us. I was not under the control of the enemy. Just the, the impact of it was recoiling. It's like a skunk odor. Ugh. And then God began to share with me. You know, this is what happened. Some of the things I just told you. This is what happened. This is what this is. This is what this is. And over the days, he's been continuing to tell me bits and pieces. And um, But I have to admit, I'm still, I'm still pressing on in a pneumatikos way. But I'm still recovering and becoming strengthened through it. I'm not glorifying the enemy. But I'm telling you, that strife that was permeating our country for the past couple of years that welcomes every evil work, those, those sacrifices and those wicked devices, those evil words that were being launched against those in authority, the lack of respect, that... That foundation is something that the enemy was using to welcome what he thinks is um, spiritual wickedness in high places and, um, you know, evil to every evil work. It's, he's tried to make 
a pathway for these things. And there are a lot of ridiculous folks who are are partnering with it in the in the world. So, but the good news is that God is with us. He continues to share His meat. Uh, where sin abounds, His grace is much more abounding. And the enemy coming in one way in this Kairos moment, he's going to flee in seven. The great revivals, the great moves of the Spirit are on the doorstep. And we need to, we need to partner with God as intercessors to do the voice work. Because everything begins with a voice. Um, don't forsake praying in diversities of tongues. Use that. Use it for the Father. Use it. And I'm saying, speaking to myself, we need to be praying in diversities of tongues throughout the day and night because we're speaking those grace mysteries out of that grace gift that is empowering in the Father's plan. He made this plan. He chooses to use an intercessor and sons. And we're grateful for that because in ourselves, There's nothing that we are that merits it. It's only because God's love and agape. So pray because we're welcoming what God wants to do. View it in a right perspective and be what God calls you to be. And, um, but, but don't be ignorant. Don't, don't, don't lose sight of the fact that God is in control. Don't give place to anger and bitterness. Trust the Lord. But, these are unique seasons, and the, 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 the overall timetable of the Lord has turned a big page. Some of the seals there have been opened. Well, which one, of, which one of the seven is it? Which horse is it? Look, I grew up with people taking Daniel and Revelation and trying to tell everybody everything that was going to happen, and so much of that stuff you look back on, it's laughable. It's nonsense. People always want to know far down the pathway what God wants to reveal step by step. He's not going to let somebody else do your homework for you. You've got to partner with God. So I'm looking at scriptures and I'm trying to understand things and it is a wonderful process. Well, we're in these times and we need to rejoice that God allowed us to be born and to be saints in this time frame, I am so glad I'm not still playing church. I'm so glad I don't have a bunch of general church babies out there that I have to keep nursing. I'm grateful that I can talk meaty things with saints and to know that we are chosen. We have chosen the choosing of the Lord. I'm not being prideful. I'm just saying I'm grateful. I'm thankful. So we speak blessing over all of you. And um, we'll look forward to tomorrow night, Wednesday night live. We're not going to do another Zoom meeting tomorrow. <laughs> I At the time when we were first planning it, in my thinking, I thought, okay, we're going to do this one, and then it's going to carry over for a week. So I thought that means another Zoom. Well, the carryover is the results of what I was just talking about. So you pray, uh, you seek God, be confident, rejoice in the Lord, and God is with you. And I continue to declare the blood of Jesus over all of us. And again, we speak over Monica that she is knowing the wellness and the strength of God. And um, um, I am so grateful. I, I just read, uh, Pastor Vicky wrote something really funny. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm not going to read it because that would incriminate. Um, but it has great meaning to me. Okay, God bless all of you. Uh, tomorrow we'll have uh, Wednesday Night Live up sometimes early in the afternoon. Then um, right after that, I'm going to meet with our brother, Joali. And we're going to do a couple of uh, Facebook ministries into Brazil. So, um, and yeah, so many people, so many people um, 
we're really enjoying Yawali's word on Facebook. Aren't you enjoying that? Tomorrow, Imani is going to speak from our church, and on Friday, uh, Dion from Dwelling House is going to be speaking, and that's going to be great. But, you know, Yawali uh, gave a word, and so many people were commenting on it. And I look at those, I say, Yawali, I love you. Those words are great. But those glasses, man, that's what does it for me. And it just, I need to get me a pair of those. And so, Yawali, if you're listening, um, you remember from Men in Black, the, the I guess it was the third one, Boris the Animal, he wore glasses like that. See, that just gives you an air of interplanetary war. So, anyway, Wednesday Night Live tomorrow, Imani, Dion, and we're praying. God bless you all. Thanks for joining. Goodbye.